Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of the Discussions That Create podcast with me, Jennifer Kane. And today I have another wonderful guest on the podcast. His name is Kevin Oroz. And before I introduce you to him, I will tell you a little bit about him and his work. So Kevin is a speaker, entrepreneur, performance philosopher, and a student of humanities myths. He is driven by offering his voice and presence to improving the lives of people all over the world. Through his podcast, The Revolution, <laughs> online courses, evolutionary men's work, and private mentorship, Kevin teaches others how to create more impact and success, ignite polarity in relationship, and claim their kingdom. That's pretty cool. So hi, Kevin, welcome to the show. Yes, well, thanks for having me, Jennifer. Great reading of the bio. <laughs> <laughs> good, good start. Um, so tell us a little bit more about your work because there's a lot in that and I kind of, I've seen what you do a little bit. Um, so I kind of get a bit of a glimpse into what you're trying to communicate with the world. But could you say from your own words, what what is the thing that you are here to do and here to share with people on the planet? Totally. I mean, really, it comes down to articulation. And that's kind of my superpower is my voice. So I use that in a lot of ways, coaching, men's work, my podcast videos, and content, you know, designed to inspire men and women to live their best version of themselves. And, you know, specifically, what that looks like is, you know, I help and coach young entrepreneurs, young influencers, um, people wanting to transition out of corporate or traditional job structures into coaching, consulting, um, into, you know, time, money, location, freedom type positions and, and creatorhood. So that's a big part of my work. And I also work a lot within Tantra and masculinity and men's work. So helping men do shadow work, unlock their blockages to business and fulfillment with relationship to the feminine and, um, and sexuality and sensuality. And, you know, to, really just inspire other men to step into leadership. So I work with a lot of um, epic people and men especially who are specialists in this. So I've done a lot of work with Sacred Sons, which is out of San Diego in the US and um, a brother here, Luke Cohen in Bali. We're, we're actually creating a men's brand now as well. So that's really kind of the most exciting side of it. And then, you know, on the back end, I have an online course as well. It teaches morning routine and rituals. I have another online course coming out um, around men's work and masculine mastery. So, you know, online is becoming more and more right now in this crazy time, the, the way. So I'm excited to offer that as well as um, my mastermind, which is um, a group offering a group coaching container where I take people through archetypes. I work a lot with the archetypes king, warrior, magician, lover, um, masculine and feminine, um, creator, CEO, playmaker, you know, scientist, sage. There's a lot of different kind of personas, roles, energy patterns that are ancient. And I've put, you know, a modern spin on a lot of them to help people, you know, step into more success in business and relating. Yeah, that's so cool. So um, you talk about being like well did you say the word nomadic I'm not sure but um being nomadic in your work being able to travel and live um location independent 
Now, obviously, right now with the virus and everything, we're not moving around so much, but tell me about how your journey from having this dream to be like nomadic, vocation independent turned into reality. Because I think a lot of us are like, oh, we want to just travel and go there. But then like we get there and they're like, oh, I don't have any income streams or I don't know how to sustain this. But you seem to have been able to create a business where you can actually sustain that way of life. So could you tell us a bit more about that, Kevin? Yeah, totally. I mean, to be like fair, I, I didn't start that way. And I just, I just jumped, like I quit my job. I was working in a university in California years ago and, you know, wanted to go to grad school, was applying to become a, you know, PhD in psychology and all this. And I quit that whole stream without understanding how the game works. Right. And I just like sold all my possessions, took my savings and moved to Thailand, backpack through India, Nepal, Malaysia, you know, all over Asia, basically. And, you know, I had no idea what I was doing. I was just writing a blog and I was blessed to have a lot of allies who helped me get like contractor positions as a salesman um, and to step in. I was working in the nutrition industry at the time, a really cutting edge brand and like biohacking and um, really functional nutrition. And that's around the time I discovered coaching. And for me, coaching has been really the, the number one way to unlock freedom in my life because, you know, I can have time freedom. I choose when I work, my hours, et cetera. I have location freedom. As long as I have an internet connection, I can work from anywhere. And I've helped other people do that as well. So that was something early in my coaching career. I had clients that wanted to do the same. So I just walked them through what I had done after a couple of years which was pretty simple, but also not easy um, because it takes a lot of courage and a lot of understanding of systems and how to leverage the internet and leverage virtual assistants and leverage a website and branding and really social media, like social media with live video on Facebook and, and then Instagram being purchased by Facebook and how it's blown up and YouTube being basically an endless library of free content. You know, leveraging those has been my major asset and ally and yeah, now I'm, I'm blessed to have, you know, led workshops, retreats, speak at events, have online courses, do coaching, and to have a lot of collaborators. Now I've met a lot of other people who are also kind of digital nomads who, you know, we travel in packs and create together. And so it's definitely not something you can do alone is the bottom line. Mm. You say blessed, but really you took a lot of action and you created that. Totally. <laughs> it's nice yeah. to, and humble to say blessed, but really you just took shitloads of action. That too. Yeah, that too. Um, so I'd like to ask you a bit more about, because in my last interview uh, with uh, Deva, uh, another gentleman who used to practice a lot of Tantra, but has now moved into just kind of uh, coming out of the archetypes and things, but I'm still interested in those masculine and feminine dynamics and those archetypes and why they're so beneficial to us. What can they bring to our lives? How can, you know, cause I knew, I know you and I met your partner when I lived in Bali, Nadine, and you know, you do embody things that people are looking for in their lives. Like you've got strong, healthy bodies, your energy is, you know, 
you're 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 practicing what you preach basically and i can see that in both of you so could you talk a bit more about how these archetypes first of all what they are and secondly how they can you know enliven the body and bring us greater relationships that's a great question that's amazing that you've met nadine and, and that, that doesn't surprise me. Um, Bali is a bit of a hub for the expat digital nomad community and a really great place to be. Um, yeah, I mean, an archetype, the definition, and really they were brought into mainstream consciousness in a major way by Carl Jung, who I'm a deep student of. And an archetype, you can think about it as just a pattern. It's a pattern of energy or behavior that's existed really for billions of years, as long as life has existed. So you can think of like the pattern of the predator, right? So when animals or single cells started eating other single cells or animals, or even, you know, really eating, eating plants as kind of a predation, that's an energy pattern that extends all the way to a human nervous system. And so that's like kind of a really, really primal one is like this, this like killer energy or predator energy. And that can be directed in very healthy ways. Like obviously as a human, you don't want to be killing other humans, but when you're on a sales call or you're dating or you're, in the gym, that's a very valuable archetype to call up in your neural, neural pathways and your DNA, which would exist there for everyone. Everyone has access to all of these for the most part and utilize that pattern of energy. So you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You don't have to make everything up from scratch. You can call on these patterns that already exist. And there's many of them. And the, the, the primary ones you can see are obviously the masculine and the feminine. And this is beyond gender or sex. This is like the primal masculine energy, which we all have, and the primal feminine energy, which we all have, yin and yang, if you prefer. And when you embody these and you're aware that you're embodying them, because everyone's embodying them to some extent already. And so it can be unconscious. So for a, for a woman, for example, something I see really often with clients is women locked into hustle and, and stress and the mind and the really go, 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 and just like crushing a single mom or running a business or being in corporate, which is amazing. And they're like, why can't I date a, a man that actually like can support me or, you know, is, is like hot and can meet me. It's like, well, because the men you're attracting are in the feminine because you're locked in the masculine archetype. And if it's unconscious, you'll just play this out and kind of burn out and wonder why you're not, you know, feeling really, sensual and in your feminine goddess, whatever you want to call it. And so if you can consciously awaken that archetype through, you know, tantric practice, ritual, breathwork, meditation, yoga, affirmation, NLP, there's all kinds of ways to access archetypes. A lot of them involve trance or syncopated ritual of some kind. And this doesn't have to be woo woo. This is as simple as, are you working out? Are you aware of how your body's moving? Are you giving your mind really good information? Are you practicing speaking in a precise way? These are all ways to access archetypes. So that's really how you can help in relationships. And obviously the reverse is true for men who are locked into a feminine mode and maybe really in their feelings or really in a collapse and they're not producing income for themselves or not feeling really confident. And so there might be a lockage there with their feminine archetype within. And then you can get really expansive into king, warrior, magician, lover, or queen, huntress, priestess, lover for the feminine, 
And these are kind of the four corners of the psyche. So there's like the leader, the executor, the mystic, and the relator. And, and they're like energy types that we all have and they show up in a relationship really strongly. And so again, if, if you can make these conscious, and this is what I help my clients do and what I do at a lot of events, if you can make these conscious through dance, ritual, breath, meditation, you can start to harness them in a healthy way instead of being ruled by them. That's really the goal with the archetypes. Cool. Yeah, I'm just like downloading all of that information. So what is your dominant archetype if you have one or do you just flip? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I try to access them all, but you know, in the past year, it's definitely been warrior. Like I've been stepping up my business and my, my physical training, and my mental training. It's very warrior energy. And um, I'd say in the past, my dominant was magician. It was more of the wizard archetype. And luckily I can balance between those because I know a lot of this, but that's kind of my default right now. Cool, warrior. Wow. Yeah, I certainly have a lot of that as well. But I don't know if it's working for me. Um, so <laughs> so um, what else could we talk about, Kevin? I am really picking up a lot of people will be interested at this time where we're at home for who knows how long. I mean, this podcast will be listened to far into the future but we will remember this time where we were all at home with the virus it, not with the virus but with the virus pandemic going on and I think it is important to uh, maybe give people some tools techniques exercises they can do at home to start to strengthen themselves from within because we can't really be going to the gym we can't really be going you know doing our usual routine even going to work and a lot of people could like you say, collapse from this time. So what could you share with people that they could do in their own homes to build that strength and to you know, create their lives? Yeah, I mean, this is a lot of what I cover in my online course, Flow State Mastery, which is just like the kind of bundle of practices that you can do at home with a cushion, a mat, anything that are highly powerful. And, you know, those six practices are meditation, breath work, um, self-programming, which is basically affirmation, visualization, writing, um, movement. So that involves many different things, but move your body, fasting, and optimal nutrition. And then there's also tantric practice and reading. So these are all like the six and they're like suites of practices. Like each one has multiple arms, but you know, this is, this is really the way to unlock a ton of energy. And a lot of people right now are going to need really the mental training because you can, there's going to be tons of people sharing workouts online and, you know, home workouts are great. Like I think push-ups, sit-ups and squats. If you just stuck to that and practiced it every day, your body will change and you will feel good. But really it's the mental game. So I think people right now are in so much panic and fear. There's so much garbage on social media. The mainstream media is just in a fear panic frenzy because they love that and they've proven to us since media has been post-World War II. It's a lot of propaganda. And 
I think people should stay informed, obviously, like stay safe, stay aware, have supplies, know your community, know your neighbors and understand what's happening in your country. But don't just consume all that stuff. You got to turn it off and go inside, like sitting and breathing, watching your breath for 10 minutes a day will change your entire day. And then really the next level is breath work. So, you know, I teach with several types of breath work, but some kind of breathing practice is going to be really good for people who can't just sit and meditate. If you, if you've never done that, or you've never been trained in any method, it's going to be really hard. So you're going to have to breathe to physically change your neurotransmitters and your chemistry to relax and get out of your head and spiraling and down into your body. And so those are really the two go-tos I would recommend to everyone right now. And, and to myself, you know, I've, I've had to up my game as I deal with some of, you know, the, the fear and the stresses of being in a foreign country, running an online business during this time when, when it's really uncertain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And like big compassion to you and everyone else who's going through that. And um, like, I have noticed that a lot of my stuff that's been locked into my body that I haven't been present with when I've just been traveling or moving around or this thing, this thing, like taking a lot of action, being very masculine in a way because I I would like to get my business to that next level. And then like just sitting with it for longer times throughout the day and starting to breathe or do kundalini yoga which is a practice that I really love and when I used to the thing is you notice the difference don't you like there's no there's nothing wrong with doing something and then stopping it and then there's there's nothing wrong with like any of it you just notice what works and what doesn't and for me it's like when I used to get up every morning and do an hour and a half of kundalini yoga which I did for a long time I was much happier healthier centered my body was uh, in better shape I ate I didn't eat that much but when I did I ate really good stuff and kind of like it's like it's okay so now okay I'm in a totally different space how am I going to start reintroducing that practice into my life because I've got the time now and every time I'm sitting like just starting to breathe and lots of stuff is coming up and when you're so busy you just push it away you push it out of yourself you just don't look at it because you don't have time and I see this time as in a way it's like a mass spiritual awakening but what's happening Kevin and you might I don't know if you agree with me or not is like so you and I and other people we know have been doing some sort of these practices for quite a few years now right We've been through a lot of discomfort in ourselves. We've met our shadows. We've done some of that work to a lesser or greater degree. What's happening now with, well, in the UK, the whole economy is shut down, basically, is that a lot of people who never sat and looked within, never, are are now forced, in a way, to do that. So for them, they don't, they've never thought about maybe their spirituality or the fact that they're not just a machine on a wheel spinning around trying to make money have sex have babies have relationships blah 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 right and it's like all of these people now and I've heard a lot of people have had mini breakdowns um because 
psychologically, like you say, just sitting and being with yourself and having to be with you can be the hardest thing. And it's like, we know these practices work and it doesn't have to be any one thing. It could be a mixture. It could be like you say, just starting to um, sit for 10 minutes a day and watch your breath, which some call meditation, some call just mindfulness. Um, but it will bring shit up for people. And it's really hard. But I also think at the other side of this, if people do start to focus more in their inner world, there will be a mass collective consciousness shift. Um, so you're in Bali. <laughs> uh, what's it like there right now? Give us a little insight. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's incredible. First off, there's, there's not as much panic here. I love the Balinese people in this land because there is a strong spiritual dimension. And yet, literally yesterday was Nepi, the, the Balinese New Year, all internet shut off. No one's leaving their homes. Everyone's in silent meditation, basically. And they've extended that now. So it feels really good here. And, you know, we have a community of expats here that are tracking the, the pandemic really closely and making sure that, you know, we do socially isolate and quarantine. So like, you know, China and South Korea, countries that really got it under control in time, we can, we can avoid the worst of this. And I think Europe and the US is really going through the ringer right now in understanding how to actually, you know, be with this on a, on a serious level. And again, like, you know, we aren't in the government making these decisions. Our work is to sit with ourselves, like you're saying. And so I love that everyone has an opportunity to do that right now. And I'm really excited for that. Yeah, me too. And also, I'm very um, aware of how difficult that is if you've never even been to a yoga class before and how challenging it is to go from such an extreme of so much life movement. And there are a lot of people who still are working, of course, but there are a lot of people who are not. So anyway, yeah, I think that like it will change so much and I'm, I'm really happy about what's happening in nature. Um, I don't know if you saw that video of the dolphins coming back to Venice and the rivers clear and then that um, image of all the pollution from the factories that had closed down in China like just disappearing off that, um, off that uh, grid and I was just like yeah Mother Earth is resetting herself and in a way, like, I hope this does go on as long as it needs to for not people dying from the virus. But if people do, like you say, take the measures that have been proven to work in other countries that have already been through this, self-isolate as much as possible, quarantine when needed, that the earth will have a couple of months to start to reset her natural system so we can continue to live on this planet. And, um, yeah, so I see it as a great thing as well. Obviously, there are challenges and difficulties and fear, which is not ideal. Um, and yeah, it's pretty cool. Like you're living in a place where, you know, I know a lot of, there's a lot of really amazing people in the sort of expat or the traveling community who are so intelligent and, and have so many, in a way, like they're on the edge of, of consciousness, the creative edge of consciousness, and they're like 
pioneering a lot of things that that should come for the masses in the future. Um, but yeah, anyway, I'm I'm really glad that that's going on. So, what do you see that will? I mean, it's a big question. But what do you see that would have to change for us beyond all of this pandemic, you know, in the future for us to be more sustainable, to be happier and to have a better way of living in this world? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I love this question and it's it's radical, but, you know, I'm I'm all in for a positive planetary paradigm shift. And so what it would actually take is massive socio-political economic changes, real changes that come from bottom up and top down at the same time. Can't be just people revolting like, you know, in Haiti and, and, and Cuba and, you know, these, these places in the world and in South America and Venezuela, you know, there's revolutions happening right now. And I'm sure more are gonna happen because of the, the global recession and this pandemic. And you see people, you know, I think the, the Nordic countries in Europe are a great example. And there's other countries that have really done positive social benefit programs and helped people, you know, grow their own food, have a, have a basic income, you know, have automation and helping mothers and fathers raise children and create tribe and community and do it without breaking the bank. And, you know, I want to see, I want to see free energy and I want to see you know, a, a resource-based economy on some level where we're not destroying and pillaging the earth and its resources for a monetary system that encourages more destroying and pillaging the earth. Like, you know, there's there's some really big systemic level stuff that has to shift on the earth if we're going to actually live in an awakened civilization, which I think is where we're headed, not without a lot of pain, you know. We're in the birth canal and there's a lot of blood and sweat and tears that come with the birth. And so it's going to get more intense, I think, but I am optimistic about the solutions because we have them all. We already have all the solutions on the table. We have all the resources. The sad part is that we've had them since World War II. We've mm -hmm. had all the resources to create clean air, clean food, clean water, clean shelters for every human on the planet. And anyone who doesn't believe that, you know, it's a rabbit hole, but please do your research. Because if you look at things like, I'll just name several technologies that are emergent and amazing that could do this immediately. Um, one is cryptocurrency and Bitcoin, which I, I'm a huge advocate for. One is 3D printing. You can literally 3D print houses and buildings at this point. China's 3D printing entire cities, allegedly. Um, vertical farming, hydroponic farming, you know, various greenhouse permaculture technologies. We can grow food anywhere. We don't need soil or, or water per se. There's new forms of governance as well. We can decentralize and be transparent with how we vote and govern ourselves. And it doesn't have to come from monarchy or empire or corruption, which we've experienced now for thousands of years, actually, as humans. And I think we're actually ready to shift all this stuff, but not before the poison is kind of squeezed out, right? And that's what this, I think this virus is actually helping us do at an accelerated rate. Yeah. It's like you say, thank you so much for sharing that information. You're very informed about all of this and it's really cool that you are. And 
if more of us could get more informed, then we would have more choice, you know? And it's like, um, yeah, the poison is the, the pollution is our own anti-consciousness, you know, it's our own, um, our own just like unwillingness to to live in a place that is more heart in harmony and I mean it is a huge rabbit hole there's so many I've, I look a lot at the spiritual aspect of that and you know like yeah it's it's too big to go into but basically yeah we see like we see our shadows coming up now maybe they were more covert and unseen for a long long time but this was happening and now it's like boom okay donald trump is president look at what people are choosing in the world like look at this look at that look at that and uh, yeah so when it's when it's messy and it's above the surface and you can actually see it all in plain sight then people can make more of a choice when they can't see it when it's hidden they can't really make a choice to change it and some people will go full on into like the destruction and the chaos and yes, like, I just want money and I just want me, me, me. And, and some people will go the opposite way. So, yeah, it's really, oh, my, sorry, I'm losing my words because it's just, I've got this vision of everything that has to change. <laughs> oh, yeah. We can only start with ourselves. It is the oh, yeah. old cliche, but it's so true. It's like, and, you know, if you woke up in the morning the way I see it, like if, if I wake up in the morning and I choose to let my fearful, ignorant, destructive thoughts go just for 15 minutes and get off that train and don't tune into the news straight away and don't tune into social media straight away, I've already created a shift in consciousness on the planet because I've created a shift in consciousness in me. And where, like I was saying to a friend yesterday, like I'm so aware, like, and I don't have to judge myself. Like I'm so aware of addictive patterns that I've reintroduced into my life in the last year or so, like unhealthy connections with people, like not honoring my body, eating things that just keep me in a spin and a, and a go, go, go kind of energy and not sitting with myself. I'm aware of that. And I'm also aware that now it's time to change it. So it's like anybody who's listening, you've not done six years of like breathwork and tantra like Kevin or whatever. <laughs> it's like, it's cool. Just start from where you are. Like start from where you are. Like take anything from this podcast that works for you and resonates and anything that doesn't, just don't don't worry about it. Um, yeah, I... I I think we're coming to an end now, Kevin, of this, but it's like, um, what else would you really like to say to people what's on your heart right now? And yeah, what could you tell people who are listening? Just anything. <laughs> yeah, I love, I love the energy, Jennifer. I mean, two things, really. The first one is like, you know, I'm well aware that I have privilege right? Like, I, like privilege is a real conversation right now. You know, some people don't have clean water and this virus is devastating. Or some people in the worst spots in the world, hot zones, it's devastating. And I, I understand that. 
I'm not going to feel guilty though and change the way I show up. I'm actually going to shine my light brighter. And that's what I really want to say to everyone is, you know, don't, don't fall into the shame, blame, guilt. If you're happy, if you're, if you're crushing it, if you're feeling excited, if you're, if you're actually taking care of yourself, shine bright. We need that. We don't need more shame and people tearing down other people and crabs in a bucket effect where the crabs are pulling each other down to a low vibration. Forget that nonsense. People in pain want others to be in pain and that's okay. There's real pain, but we don't need to judge. Um, so if you're aware of your privilege, use it in a positive way. And entrepreneurs and those that have created online businesses are in a really good place of privilege right now. And I'm, I'm committed to creating more of those people and helping people really show up. So, you know, maybe you don't want to start a business, but if you want to create art, paint, sing, dance, write, draw, sculpt, if you want to write a book, if you want to write a blog, if you want to sell a product, if you want to design something, do it. You have an opportunity now. There's no excuses. Netflix isn't going anywhere. Social media isn't going anywhere. You can do that too. But hey, it's, it might be time to really share your gifts and go all in online. Just because there's a recession doesn't mean there's tons of opportunities to creatively create income through art and business with integrity. And I'm all for that. And I want to see positive solutions and positive paradigms thrive right now. And we got to turn up the volume on light, not spiritually bypassing love and light and just pretending and, and denying. Own the feelings, fear, panic, depression, move through them. There's tons of tools. If you don't know any of the tools, reach out to me, reach out to Jennifer. They're out there for you. But once you've moved through the crunchiness, let's shine. Let's freaking shine. Yep. People have had it way worse in human history and plague and war and exterminations, really dark stuff. And they still lit fires. They still sang. They still made love and they still made art and they danced under the stars. So I'm full optimistic about this situation. <laughs> cool. That's a great note to end on. Thank you so much. That's amazing. So, and I totally agree. So how can people reach you, Kevin? Yeah, I mean, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. You search my name, O-R-O-S-Z, Oros is the last name, um, at Kev underscore Oroslan on Instagram. It's lion in Hungarian, which is some of my heritage. Um, yeah, and, you know, KevinOros.com has everything. I'm, I have a mastermind. I have 10 seats left in a group coaching container. That's four months going through the archetypes, learning sales, marketing, offers, integrity through video and content, and really helping people step into mastery. Um, really excited about that. Um, I have a retreat that I moved back. That's going to be part of that. It's going to be in December in Costa Rica, five days in paradise, just embodying all this stuff, public, see public speaking, you know, social media marketing, podcasting, online courses, the whole kit. And then I have an online course, flowstatemastery.com, six weeks of the top practices that are really essential for being in quarantine right now. Meditation, breath work, self-programming, movement and fasting, biohacking, tantra, and reading like a boss. So we'd really love for y'all to partake in that. If you're seeing it, if you're feeling it, feel free to email me, DM me, PM me if you have a question. 
Reading like a boss. <laughs> Love it. Oh, thank you so much, Kevin. And um, we will have all the links uh, for everyone to easily access all those ways to connect with you. Uh, I'm wishing you and everyone in Bali a quick and speedy movement out of this pandemic. And um, thank you for joining me today. And thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll see you next time on the podcast. Really grateful, Jennifer. Thank you. Thank you.